Good morning. My name is David Kahoot. Say Kahoot. When I do that with little kids, they're like, that's a fun name. Yes, it is. And that's one of my favorite videos because obviously you can make a difference as just one person, but it's even way cooler when you bring other people into the work. Amen? This morning we're going to go on a very quick journey. I was told I have till 1.30, so we're going to try to divvy this up. There is a break at 12.30, so don't panic. I can already see the Eddie's family going, but we have a reservation. It'll be all right, I promise. In your bulletin is a handout. If you would get your handout, please. Handout out, please. Uh, we are going to <clears throat> dive into God's Word out of respect for what Pastor Al has begun here, let's please stand for the reading of God's Word. We're in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 9. In the Pew Bible, I believe the page number is 948. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, let love be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege this morning to fill this pulpit. I take it very seriously as I know you know, but for those in this room this morning, I hope they'd understand that I don't come here with a boldness. I come here with a, a humility and a brokenness. Lord, that you would let me get to teach. Thank you for the opportunity this morning. Thank you for this holy time that we have together, we pray that your spirit would touch our hearts and our minds in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. So for those of you who don't know who I am, I have been attending church here, my bride and I and our family, since about 2004. Uh, we actually came here to hide. We thought this was a really big church and no one would find us. We had had some church hurt in the past and thought, those are cool seats up there, no one will bother us. And uh, the first time we were here, uh, Pastor Allen was speaking, and he said, friends. He called us friends. And I looked at Sue, and Sue looked at me, and I said, he called us friends. And he had us. I hid for about two or three weeks before I realized that there was an opportunity to serve kids. The ministry I work for is called Talk is Cheap. And what we do is we go into schools, K through 12, and we tell kids that we're standing in the presence of... And then there's always an adult who says, well, you're creating narcissism amongst the children. And I go, well, let me finish. I'm not done yet. So then the assembly starts, and I tell the kids I'm standing in the presence of greatness, and they're like, yeah, dude, I rock. And I go, no, you don't. And they stare at me, and I go, you don't even make your bed. Go home and make your bed, and you'll start rocking it out a little bit more. And I tell them they're not an accident, they're not a mistake, there's a purpose for their life. I wish I could tell them about Jesus but I want to get invited back. So I work the angle. I wear my Jesus bling bling. If they go to my website, they can figure some other stuff out. And then I have business cards. I get about 1,000 business cards probably about every three to four weeks. 
and my card has all my information except my mailing address because I think it's just a bit creepy that some fat little balding guy would be giving business cards to children with my address on it. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Uh, on the back of the card, it says, I would rather build boys and girls than rebuild men and women. And I had this card handed back to me once in Virginia Beach because the woman went on to read the rest of my card, which is Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: Iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And as soon as she saw that, she handed the card back to me. I said, what's the matter? She goes, I can't take your card. I said, why? She goes, there's religious propaganda on it. And I wanted to go, and now I have to punch you in the head. But I didn't think that would be nice. So I just looked at her and I said, you're serious, aren't you? And she goes, absolutely. It broke my heart that the state of our educational system is, God, get out. And for some reason, the Lord has allowed me to stay in. Everything I say this morning is in thanks to you. I'm not going to call people out by name because I don't want to embarrass you, but when I saw you with your son today, minus your other son, I thought, there's people here who have been on the journey with me since we started Talk is Cheap. Let's bring up the next slide, if you will, just a bit of a history of our ministry. <clears throat> Fast facts. Talk is Cheap started in 2006 as an idea. We made application with the federal government to get a tax exemption status. Everybody said that's really easy. Two years later, here's how it went. I was with Dr. McGowan. We were in Pittsburgh at a lunch meeting. It hadn't started yet. My phone rang, and I knew by now Dennis's number, the IRS guy. So I said, do you mind if I take this call real quick before we go into this lunch? And he says, go ahead. So I answered it, and he announced his name. And I said, hey, Dennis, what's up? At this point, we're on a first-name basis. And he goes, well, I just want you to know. And I didn't share this in first service, so... Don't even try to compare the audio links between this and last service because it'll be off the charts. But uh, he said, <clears throat> I want you to know that I believe you've committed perjury. And I said, you know, Dennis, I have to confess something to you. I know that's a bad thing, whatever that is, but I don't know what perjury is. And you know what else? As of today with this phone call, we're done. If you don't want to give Talk is Cheap a 501c3 and God doesn't want us to have it, he's using you. By the way, all the hand gestures were not happening because I was on the phone. I said, but if God wants us to have the 501c3, you couldn't stop it if you tried. And I said, I'm not being disrespectful, but I've given you 24 months of my life and I've jumped through every hoop you've asked for and today is it. You do whatever you have to do, but I'm done. And I have to go now because I'm waiting on two folks who are going to lunch with me, so have a nice day. And I hung up on them. And the moral of that story is if you threaten the IRS, you will get what you want because three weeks later we got our exemption status. Is that, <laughs> is that how that works? Look at Mr. Eddie going, are you out of your mind? Yes, sir, just a little bit. And I'll be honest with you, when Chuck Perkins was in last service, he's in the back going, no, it does not work that way. Um, have you ever been so sick and tired of being so sick and tired that you're just sick and tired? <clears throat> I will be truthful and say I had no idea why we were fighting so hard to get an exemption status when, in fact, really all we had to do was be a business. But as my friends from last service who were part of Borman Local Schools are here to suggest, 
funding for schools have gone up or down? Down. And when Pastor Al called us, what, five weeks ago? We were sitting on the beach. We had been at a class in Orlando and had one day of beach, which, by the way, is one more day than I wanted a beach. Amen? Hate the beach. But my bride loves the beach, and we go for Susie. And as I'm sitting there, my phone rings, and it's Pastor Al. And I thought, oh, man, I hope I didn't do something. I went, hello. And he goes, hey, David, it's Pastor Al. I said, hey, Pastor, what's up? And he said, I need you to do me a favor. You think if I cannot attend May 17th, can you fill the pulpit? And I said, geez, I'd be honored. He says, that's great. I'll keep you in the loop and let you know. And, of course, I think it's happening. Yes, this is happening, right? Okay, good. And um, hung up the phone, and Susie said, what did he say? He said, I said, he wants me to preach on the 17th of May. Is this true? And she goes, what are you going to preach on? I said, I'm going to be honest. I already got the title, Who Would Stand? And I already know the message. And I shared it to her, and she laughed at me. She goes, you're nuts. <laughs> and I know what she means by that. How could you be able to know the message you're going to preach after you just hung up the phone? Because it's very simple. I love Old North. You helped me through a very difficult time. You, most of you who don't know me, you have no idea what we were going through in 2004 when we came here to hide. And then to add insult to injury, <clears throat> when we were trying to get this exemption status, I remember Pastor Allen, one day, Brent, one day saying to me, you seem really down. I said, you know, I'm just so frustrated. Nothing's working. And he asked me a few questions, and he, he asked me if I knew who Karen Bavard was, and I said, no, I don't. He said, you need to meet her. She can help you from a legal standpoint navigate some of these crazy issues. And I'm going to tell you, folks, friends, as Brent would say, if it wasn't for God using a woman like Karen Bavard, Judy Cease, Jim Rosa, TIC as we know it today probably wouldn't exist. God uses people. Amen? Let's look at the next slide. 500,000 kids I have personally served since 2008, 6, I don't know, whatever the math is. Nine years. It's over 600 different school districts. I've been to four other parts of the world besides the U.S. I'm not bragging. I'm telling you what I've been doing since you have written a check for $5 or more. I'm telling you what I'm doing since you have told me you would pray for me and our ministry talk is cheap. You need to understand the only reason I'm up here giving this testimony this morning is because of you. God used you and you said yes. Amen? So give yourselves a hand. My message this morning is very simple. It's somewhat narcissistic, but it's honestly not if you knew my heart. I'm going to ask some questions, and I want you, out of response to my question, to stand if you can relate to this question. If Brent Allen has impacted your life in any way spiritually, please stand. Look around, please. <clears throat> You're like, this is weird looking at people. Please have a seat. If Pastor Al has impacted your life, please stand. 
By the way, you guys who aren't Catholic, you don't get this, but it's Roman Catholics. This is, we're just waiting to kneel next, so we're cool with this. We can get up and sit down all morning long, all right? So back off. Have a, have a seat. You know we're not done yet, right? Just so in case you're going, if he makes me stand, if your life has been impacted by Chuck McGowan and his teachings, please stand. Okay. Don't worry, Chuck. I'll explain something in a second. Okay. Look around. Look around. He's like, I have to sit down. No, you don't, Hopper. You're in better shape than anyone in this room. Okay. Great. Have a seat. Last service, I was blessed to um, get a yes from Coach Trestle, President Trestle, to be a part of the service. And it's because I wanted to say thank you to him like I am to you. But he's not here now, so I'm still going to ask. If your life has been directly impacted by Jim Trestle's life, please stand. Look around. Okay, because you notice... Go ahead, have a seat. Every group, every person I've mentioned, it's been less and less. But that's just because of where we are. If I go to a medical world and I ask that question, lots of people stand for Dr. McGowan. If I ask in front of Kay if Chuck McGowan's ever driven you nuts, she would jump up with both hands in the air and be a Pentecostal all of a sudden going, you betcha he has. It just depends on the audience that I'm speaking to this morning. So watch this. This is where I struggled, and I told Susie, man, this is a tough question for me to ask. But you know what? we got to get over ourselves, right? If your life has been impacted by David Kahoot or Talk is Cheap, please stand. Look around. Thank you. Have a seat. While we were in Florida... Uh, on Sunday, we got the coolest experience. There's a Catholic church in Orlando, Florida, that is not under the diocese funding. I don't know what the name of the church is. Do you remember what it was? But it's a huge sanctuary, and they have all-volunteer staff, including the choir. And I'm sure it was illegal just because we're in the Catholic church, but I was filming the choir, and I put it up on Facebook. And I was just fighting back tears, getting so blessed by these people who were so thrilled to be a part of what God was doing in that church. When we left that, that church, that mass, my sister-in-law, Lynn, said, so did you like it? I said, oh, my gosh, it was amazing. And we went out to lunch that day, and we went over to O'Charlie's. And when we sat down, the waitress came right up, and she said, do you guys want something to drink? And I said, yeah, but before we give you our drink order, does Sam Cavelli own this O'Charlie's? And she looked at me, and she goes, how do you know Mr. Cavelli? So I don't, but I'm from Youngstown, Ohio, and <clears throat> obviously he's from Youngstown. She goes, I'm from Youngstown. And I'm like, no way. Where'd you go to high school? By the way, you should know something. I just asked, where do you go where? All you college people always say, hey, where did you go to college? I'm just grateful I went to high school. Otherwise, it'd be like, so where'd you go to preschool? I, I know. Where. <laughs> did you eat the paste? Did you like the paste? I love the paste. So I asked that question. She said, I went to Boardman. I'm like, no way. And then my bride, who's getting less and less shy by the year, says to the young lady, so then you should know this answer. What am I standing in the presence of? And her head started to shake for a second. And she goes, greatness, right? And I went, yeah. And she goes, oh, my gosh, you're that guy. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm that guy. But at the same time, we were having that dialogue with that little girl. My brother and his family were out west. They were in California. And they were somewhere for a meal where... 
the waiter and he started talking. As you can tell, us cahoots aren't shy. And as Jeff is engaging this young man, they figure out that they're both from Ohio. And Jeff says, whereabouts in Ohio? We're from Youngstown. And the kid goes, I'm from Youngstown. And then the kid looks at my brother and he goes, you're Mr. Cahoot's brother, aren't you? And Jeff's like, yeah. He goes, tell him I'm standing in the presence of greatness when you go back to Ohio. And when Jeff told me that story, I thought to myself, you did that. You did that. Your fill-ins on the page in a few minutes, you'll see. There's only three things you can give back. Some of you have prayed for us. Some of you volunteered your time to us. You did that. I don't know if anyone's noticed, but I'm walking crooked. Have you noticed that yet? Because I had somebody last service, before service. They said, Kahoot, what's wrong with you? I said, what part? <laughs> they said, you're crooked. <clears throat> For about the last four days, I've been dealing with back agony. But I've been blessed. I get on the floor, I lay over, I crack it, and everything pops in. And I'm like, yay, it's in. Last night, Susie and I went to bed early. And honestly, I think we were both. And my sister Lori also was just praying in the spirit all night. God, please don't let my back be jacked. Anyone with a back issue, you know where I'm going with this, right? So I got up at 10 to 5 this morning, stoked to be here. I'm kind of like, why can't they have a 6.30 service? So I got seated. I got my coffee. I'm reading uh, 10, to, 10 to 5. It's now quarter after 6. I'm going to go get the second cup of coffee. And when I stood up, I'm like, oh, no. I know that sound. I know that feeling. Oh, no. And I dropped on my knees. And I got on the floor. And I'm like, come on, God, man. You can't let this happen today. You know that's the wrong prayer, right? <laughs> I mean, in heaven, they're like, make it worse. So I tried everything. I was in this uh, whirlpool this morning, and uh, I've had to go to narcotics and Advil to stand here this morning. But I'm not as sharp as I'd like to be. But as I stood in the back, because I really can't sit, my prayer for you is that the Holy Spirit will give you a nugget this morning, that he'll encourage you this morning. That you'll look at a guy like me and realize, hey, if God can use Kahoot, he can use, that's hurtful. But yes, anybody. <laughs> so, in light of that, let's see where we are on the slides. Who would stand? That's the title of the message. Now you see where I'm going with it. By the way, since he's here and he's not here very often, very quickly, anyone here been impacted by Paul Dunlevy or as he's affectionately called Dunner? Just put a hand up. Yeah, you can clap for him. Clap for his wife. That's who we should be clapping for. You have to understand that John Maxwell said many years ago in a book I read that if you want to be an effective speaker, speak to the hurting. They're in every row. And I know something about you this morning. We're both liars. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. We both lied. And I didn't come here this morning to fix your world. I will tell you that there are days and there are weeks where I think about seriously just walking away from youth ministries. Um, I'm not just a public speaker that goes and does an assembly. I'm a guy who loves kids. Not in the sense that I drive around neighborhoods going, come in, get in the van. <clears throat> I mean, I love kids because of that verse, Acts 13, 36. And King David served God's purpose in his own generation. I know what my gift sets are. 
I don't have a lot of gifts. And I'm not, this is not a why me party. But when I listen to some people speak and teach, I go, what the heck, man? Why did they get so many? Anybody relate to that? And they sing, they dance, they're pretty, they smell nice. It's like, jeez. But I know what I do works. And I know that I've got 500,000 kids out there who believe that there's a seed of greatness in them. But they all don't listen. When Aaron Trell died just a couple years ago, I was in Panama City, Panama. And to be very honest with you, I was going to quit Talk is Cheap. Because it just breaks my heart. I'm not like some of you linear people who go, well, they made a bad choice, and now we have to move on. No, I stay stuck there. Remember when Canfield High School football almost won a state championship? You ask Mike Pavlansky for, for about five years, I'm like, Coach, how the heck do you do it? He goes, dude, you just have to keep pushing through it. I can't. I stay stuck. And I was in the line of Aaron's funeral, the calling hours, and they serpentined the lines real tight because it was raining that day. This is a true story. I was standing there by myself. Susie was working. <clears throat> and in my mind, I had an exit strategy. I was going to donate all of our equipment to other ministries. And I was just going to walk away from TICL. I'll go back to Valley. Steve, where are you? Would you bring me back one more time? <laughs> no. <laughs> He probably would if I begged. And um, this woman taps me on the shoulder. And I turn and I said, yes. She goes, are you David Cahoot? And I said, yes. And she got those precious moment doll tear things in her eyes. And she said, don't quit. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck is that about? I said, who are you? And she said, my husband heard you speak yesterday at an in-service. You did it awesome, Tom. She said, she said, he said he'd never met anyone like you. And I'm sure it's things like this that make you just want to give up. Can you relate to that? Been so discouraged, you just want to keep driving and not come back? Our job here this morning is to remind you that those seats are supposed to be filled. That Brent Allen, although sadly missed, how many still miss the guy? I miss him. You know why he had to leave? Because we don't get a Pastor Nick if we don't get rid of Brent Allen. And you know what? We don't get to be a blessing to Pastor Allen and his family as they go through their crisis with their son, Ben. He needed two church families to push them through that crisis, didn't they? You should know, Kathy, that when you shared once a testimony while you guys were in Florida during all that drama, it's one of the first chapters in my book. <clears throat> There is no testimony without a test. And there are some people in this room, you have a heck of a testimony, but you're not sharing it. I asked the question who would stand because I knew at least one, my wife, would stand when I asked the question who's been impacted by David Cahoot and talk is cheap. But what if we asked that about you? That's between you and God. But I think some of you need to do some business with God and be honest. Remember when you first came to Jesus? How stoked you were? You couldn't shut up about it, right? Just, I mean, Jesus this and Jesus that. And my dad said to me, what do you think? He's at the house sitting there in a rocking chair waiting for you? I'm like, no, but kind of. Where'd the excitement go? Are you still putting good dry wood on the spiritual fire? I hear this all the time. Too tired to get up for that Bible study at 6. 
don't, don't think I am not. I keep arguing with that group. Guys, Jesus doesn't get up till 7.30, so you should not get up at 6 o'clock. And they look at me like, he's up all the time. Why'd you stop? Why'd you disengage? Who hurt you? There's a lot of stories in this room, aren't there? You two, I'll never understand what God's doing with that whole accident thing. Makes no sense to me. It's not fair. It stinks. Should be multi-bazillionaires floating around on some yacht going, Dude, you want to come out on the yacht? Instead, they're fighting. My ways are not your ways, neither are your thoughts mine. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge me. I'll make your path straight. My time with this service here this morning is to simply remind you, would anyone stand? <clears throat> Psalm 52 verse, I'm sorry, 57 verse 2, it's in your sermon outline. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. God has a purpose for you. I'm not sure what that is. Please don't come up after service and ask. I had one young lady at a school come up to me. She goes, Mr. Coot, you know everything. I'm looking at her. I couldn't even get to start to say anything. She goes, tell me what I'm going to be when I grow up. I said, oh, honey. If I had those kind of answers, I'd be sporting bangs, okay? So I don't know. I don't have that kind of power. She goes, but you're so smart. I said, honey, you're 14. To you, I'm smart. To the adults I talk to, they're like, does he drive a car? So it's all relevant, Okay. Henry David Thoreau said, most men live lives of quiet desperation and go to the grave with the song still in them. I'm not. I am not going to the grave with the song still in me. I know you're not, both of you. But why isn't it more? Why aren't there people sitting there right now? <clears throat> why are we still thumb-sucking about why is Brent gone? He's gone. Now it's Al you like, and he's gone. Are you preparing your hearts and this church for Nick and his family coming here? Are you asking God to use you to bless that man and his family? Or are you sitting out there going, he better be a good preacher? Because I'm not sure I was real impressed with the message we heard. Am I being honest this morning, or are we playing games still? I don't care what the package was they gave that kid. He made a big choice to come here. And now we need to pray for our new pastor and say, God, put a fire under his butt. Shouldn't we be blowing the walls out and getting more people? Yes or no? Real quick, show of hands. How many know somebody that's life is messed up that doesn't know Jesus? Hurry up. <laughs> that's double the church right there. Why don't you invite him? Don't, don't think I'm doing this to you. Oh, he's being mean. Had somebody first service go, are you preaching? Yes. Oh, boy, we're going to get it, aren't we? No, I don't want to give it to you. I want to encourage us. I haven't arrived. I don't wake up in the morning and hover around the house and go, Holy Spirit, isn't this fun? I'm as messed up as the rest of you. But I'm not quitting. Amen? So, let's look at the fill-ins very quickly. 
Oh, I'm convinced, sorry, I'm convinced that we all have different gifts and purpose in God's kingdom work, but there are three non-negotiables. Here they are. Number one, fill it in, please, if you have a pen, pencil, or you could prick the tip of your finger right with blood. It's fine. It's your paper. The first one is time. The second one, treasure. Take a guess what the third one is. <laughs> By the way, we get Chuck Dorsey on Friday mornings at 6 a.m., and I always have to tell him, I'm going to ask these guys if they know a Bible verse. Don't talk. And he's like, oh, because the guy loves to give the answer. You know who I turn to when I want an answer? Chuck Dorsey. Because he's not worried about what you think. Look at the three of them, time, treasure, talent. Which one can you not replace? Come on, you're quiet. Right. So how are you doing with your time? I know how I feel. I need a 25th hour and an 8th day. Amen? And I do see some people managing their time way better than I am. And I'm jealous. Uh, Dr. McGowan, who I have the pleasure and the honor of calling my mentor, said, David, don't ever forget, a man who burns the candle at both ends is not that bright. <laughs> and then he gives you that little smile like, pretty good, huh? We get the same 24 hours, and I believe that if we had to stand before God today, we'd have to explain the time. The money is a blessing. The gifts are, the talents are cool, but what would you do with your time? Here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to ask a very uncomfortable question in a couple of minutes. I've warned you. But the reason we're going to ask the uncomfortable question in a few minutes is because I don't get to do this when I go into a school and speak. Unless it's Mooney or Heartland or whatever Youngstown Christians call now. And it's important. If you're coming to church this morning because you want to make God happy, stop coming to church. You don't make God happy by being here. You please him, but the cross... That made him real happy. Jesus did what we couldn't do for ourselves. And this morning, as I stand here in these bright lights trying to see some of your faces, you still haven't given him your life. You have not received Jesus Christ as Lord. There's been great preaching here, great teaching here, and you, for some reason, think you have the opportunity to sit on the sidelines and go, I ain't ready yet. Last time I preached here, I preached on the message... The word fear. Remember that? False evidence appearing real. And I shared some stuff like I am this morning. And you heard my message. And you didn't listen. And for some of you, that following week became the worst week of your life. I can't fix that. But I know a God in heaven who gives second chances. And you may think you're in a stinky spot compared to where you were, but God's in control. I reached out to a young man who was a heroin addict. First time I met him, I called the dad after the meeting. He goes, how would you think it went? I said, I think it went phenomenal. He's a great kid. He goes, great. Well, he just stole our car. I'm like, what? I was just with him 20 minutes ago. He goes, I'm not kidding. 
So I should have known what I was getting myself into, but I'm dumb and believe that people can change, and he worked me pretty well. He was in the Mahoning County Jail, facing some pretty serious drug charges. I brought, I brought the closer in. I brought Kevin Rao in, and I said, get this kid in a teen challenge. And Kevin came. How many know Kevin Rao? Just put a hand up. Yeah, he's scary, isn't he? So Kevin Rao, he's like, man, you need to get saved. And he's, um, I'm thinking in my mind, back off a little, because, you know, we got a lot of inmates circling the, the troops here. And finally, he presents his opportunity to this kid. Get him out of jail, get him in a teen challenge. And you know what the kid said? Not interested. And I looked at him and I said, you're kidding, right? Long story short, he went to Oregon to get his life together. He's clean and he's a welder now and doing very well, his parents tell me. And yet in that last July, he got busted in Boardman with 52 grams of heroin and a loaded gun on the run from Oregon because he sold bad heroin to a kid who died. I remember bringing that kid to this church. We were in the back for some reason. I don't know why I was showing him stuff back there. And he said, this church is so big. I said, you know, man, it's big because God's bigger. And it'll get bigger if we let God be God. He didn't listen. I got an email from him last night. I don't know why you're allowed to email from the federal penitentiary in Oregon, but he is. And you know what I told him in no uncertain terms? I love you. That'll never change. And I hope you give your life to Jesus Christ. Because if you do and you get solidly born again, I'd love to hire you someday. Because God doesn't use good people. He uses broken people. Amen? Amen? As we finish our time here this morning, <clears throat> your sheet has a fill in it at the bottom. Do you see it? Acts 13.36 for blank. That's for you. That's for you to fill your name in if you can. Michael, I think I messed up and went by some stuff, right? We'll blame that on Tramadol. So let me very quickly back up because it's too important to miss. Did you, like, even skip the pictures just to help me save face? Mike Yatsko, one of the coolest kids you'll never meet because he's up there hiding. That picture is me at camp a few years ago. And uh, the group that was there was FFA Kids. I thought they meant FCA. It's FFA, Future Farmers of America. The group that was sponsoring me was the Soy, Soybean Association. I'm not making, you can't make this stuff up. The Soybean Association. And they're paying for me to be there. And there's two young ladies in the audience who are going to give me this check after I'm finished speaking. And the arrow over the head of the one young lady that you can barely see, here's my 90-minute uh, talk. And sends me this email the next day. When most people, dear Mr. Koo, when most people say I remember when, it is normally followed with details from their favorite childhood memory or pastime. Although pictures and stories from family remind me that I have had many wonderful memories, most of what I can remember isn't so cheerful or bright. I can remember at the age of nine sitting in my bedroom closet with my younger sister crying and hiding as my high and drunken father fought with my mom. I can remember digging around in my dad's garage looking for a screwdriver and finding his stash of drugs. You're not supposed to know what weed looks like at nine years of age. On my sweet 16, the day that every teenager dreams of, I cried myself to sleep because my birthday present from my... <clears throat> sorry, from my, from my father was watching him being put in handcuffs in the driveway. 
for all my neighborhood friends to see after driving under the influence of drugs and alcohol. But why is it that I mostly remember the bad? Because I blame my dad. Growing up, I always felt like everyone looked down on me and saw me as the daughter of a drug-addicted alcoholic father. I've had, I have let his bad behavior and decisions define who I am, and they hold me back from being all that I can be. My dad has been sober for a while now, but even after all of his I'm sorry's and forgive me, forgives me, forgive me's, I still feel like there is a heavy burden on my heart. Your talk last night helped me realize that the weight on my heart is because I haven't been able to forgive him. I haven't moved on and let the past be the past. My dad deserves a second. I've caused both myself and my dad to be victims. You weren't kidding when you said unforgiveness will kill you. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for saving me. When I read that stuff, I never go, you darn right I did. I know who did. But what did the Bible use as an animal to speak to a prophet? A donkey. And what did God say he'd make cry out if we won't? So I'm in a very humble spot. Got it? I'm with donkeys and rocks, and yet God's using me. She says, thank you for saving me and helping me realize that the problem starts with me, not my dad. And it's up to me to make the effort to fix our relationship. Thank you again. I had to make sure I share that even though I skipped over it because it's important for you to know as we close. The following week, I emailed her. I have a rule, and I've shared it before. I do not meet with women alone. It's not because I don't trust me. It's just the wrong signal to send. So I had Amy meet me with her friend, Jenny, and we went to a pizza hut. I don't even know where at in Kentucky. And I just went to the bottom line. Amy, if you died today... Are you sure you'd spend eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ? And her answer was, no. I said, would you like to be sure? And her answer was, yes, I would. I said, okay, here's how it works. It's not the prayer. It's not where you go to church. It's none of that stuff. It's a relationship with Jesus. I've been walking with the Lord since 1981. I know a lot of stuff, and I really mess up a lot. But Jesus forgives me. He paid the price. Pretty cool, huh? And she got this big grin on her face. She goes, that's very cool. Gave her life to Christ. Why do I tell her that? Because you did that. My wife quit her job at the end of March to come on board full time for Talk is Cheap. Some months I'm sure we won't pay her. Like it happened for me. She's not working for the money. She just loves to be around me. But we're going to keep telling kids, Ray, that we love them. And we're never going to stop loving on a kid until the blood stops flowing. Your fill-in at the bottom of that page is for your name. If you can write it in, will you have served God's purpose in your generation? I am. I know others who are. But that's between you and the Lord. So, so to not embarrass anyone and to close now soon, I want to ask you, one more time to stand if, if you can say that Jesus Christ has impacted your life, please stand. As you stay standing, know something. There's people sitting right now. It's an awkward moment for them. But I'm going to tell you, friend, whoever you are sitting, this ain't nearly as bad as Judgment Day. 
you may feel judged right now, but please hear my heart when I say this. If you die and don't know Christ, you're not going to hell because you swear, you smoke, you spit, or speed like me. You're going to hell because you haven't had atonement for your sins. And the only person who could do that did. His name's Jesus. He died on a cross for you. And he said from the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This guy knows what he does, and Jesus still likes me. As we close this morning, for anyone who's not standing, could today, May 17th, 2015, be the day you go? Some guy asked, why not let today be the day you stand for Jesus? What's holding you back? Do what I did. Just say, God, if you're real, help me. And watch what he does. You'll start driving home from today and you'll have a bumper sticker in front of you that goes, Jesus loves you. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm seeing bumper stickers. It's the Holy Spirit beginning to open your eyes. They have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. So here's my prayer for you who are still sitting. Don't feel bad. How many hands up sat at one point and could not stand for Jesus? Everyone in this room, you're not alone. So here's my prayer for this morning. Father, as we close out this service, thank you for Pastor Al and the opportunity to fill while he's gone. I pray that his day was blessed at First Baptist in Newcastle. Pray for Nick and his family as Pastor comes here as a, our, our new pastor. I pray that, God, we would begin to stand in the gap for him. But now, Lord, for the person who's sitting, they have a story. They have a reason. And I pray, Father, that you would navigate through all of that and let them see Jesus. Father, thank you for the privilege and the honor to be able to stand today. God, I know I'm not standing because I'm good enough. I'm standing because you were. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said...